Why don't you start with that right now? Could you shout a good amen? amen? Now let's put that together. Our voice in our hands as the man of God comes. Let's see what the Lord will do. But stay engaged. Come on. Now open up your mouth. Lord, help me tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. Anybody happy to be at church tonight? Oh, anybody happy to be at church tonight? Anybody glad you're apostolic tonight? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated just for a moment tonight. I'm going to say a big thank you to all of the wonderful treatment that I have received since we really, before we arrived. Thank you to Brother Hare, the wonderful hospitality, all of the good meals, the wonderful uh, times, the funny stories last night, that was hilarious, um, the good fellowship, uh, Brother Looper, thank you so much for all of your hospitality, and Brother Jackson, all of you, Brother Justin Jackson, Pastor Justin Jackson, Pastor Wesley Jackson, all of you, Brother Burgess, I love and appreciate what these men stand for, and I appreciate, aren't you grateful for a pastor that takes a stand, amen, amen, I wouldn't want no pastor that didn't know how to stand up to the onslaught of the enemy, I'm grateful for a man of God, a real man of God in my life, thank you to all the staff, for all of your hard work, I know it is a lot of work to put on a camp like this. Thank you to all of the wonderful musicians and singers and to all the wonderful campers that have put your heart into this. Seeing so many of you make consecration here this week, I, uh, I'm looking forward to what God's going to do tonight. I believe that he will. If we'll let him, he will stop by this house. Amen. I really want the Lord to help us tonight. I know it's it's 847. I know what time it is tonight. But it's the last night. And I don't know, but I think I have one of the longest trips of anybody. And that uh, I'm headed back to California. Maybe, I don't know, there's somebody from Indiana. I don't know what's farther, but... But uh, I got a long trip ahead of me and uh, not going to get a lot of sleep tonight. But uh, I've come to see what the Lord will do in this house tonight. Amen. Anybody want the Lord to move in this house tonight? Any campers want God to give you that, that little something you need that will carry you past that two-week mark in which you kind of run out of whatever you got at youth camp, but a little something extra that'll stick with you. Amen, amen, amen. Fall on me. Look, no. 
want that tonight. Amen. I want it more than anything else in this world. I believe in God to help us tonight. The book of Psalm, Psalms chapter uh, number 16. It's 11 verses. I won't read them all to you tonight, but I do believe with all of my heart. wants to help somebody in this house tonight. Amen. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a godly, or a goodly rather, heritage. In verse number seven, I want you to pay special note to seven and eight. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me 
in the night seasons. Everybody say night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he it is or he is at my right hand and this is the phrase I want you to pay attention to I shall not be moved so I don't want to preach to us tonight I shall not be moved is there anybody in this don't you leave don't you leave come get on that organ you walk off now it's the last night of youth camp and if it's alright with you I kind of feel like giving the devil a really bad night tonight I kind of feel like telling the devil telling the adversary that no matter what you want for my life I've got a word for you tonight that I shall not be moved. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, I shall not be moved. Come on, turn to somebody else and say, I shall not be moved. Woo! Oh, hallelujah. Now I, now I want everybody in the house, come on, right now, everybody in the house, I want you to lift your head, your hands and your head toward heaven. And I want you to say it again. Say, I shall not be moved. Come on, somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. There is nothing like a made-up mind. I said, there's nothing like a made-up mind. There's nothing like a group of young people that have made up their minds not to go out and do whatever the devil or your flesh tries to get you to do. But there's something about being at Gulf Coast Youth Camp on Thursday night when you can square your shoulders and let the Lord fill you again with some holy boldness and since I made up my mind, I'm going to live for God. Oh, come on, somebody. It's a good thing to live for the Lord. Amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. There's nothing like living for the Lord. Amen. Our text passage that we looked at is a declaration of many things. It's a declaration. Uh, it is a, a plea. But more than that, it's a statement. It's a statement unto the adversary. And it's a statement really to self. Anybody ever heard of the concept of self-talk? I know it's, it's actually considered uh, borderline crazy when you talk to yourself. Uh, but listen, everybody in this house is a weirdo, okay? And we all have moments in which we talk to ourselves. It's just dangerous when you have a two-way conversation with yourself. But if it's a one-way, it's all right. And uh, sometimes you have to talk to yourself. And sometimes you have to encourage 
yourself. And sometimes you have to declare some things to yourself before anybody else is going to believe what you got to say. If you don't believe it, don't expect the devil to believe it. If you don't believe it, don't expect your adversary to believe it. There's something about it when you can start the conversation with yourself every day when you meet God in prayer and make a declaration that no matter what happens today, I'm going to live for God. No matter what comes my way, I've made a choice. Nobody's making me do this. Nobody's twisting my arm. I'm not living for God because my mama told me I got to. I'm not living for God because my pastor said it was a good idea. But I got something down in my soul that says I will, I will, I will serve him. Oh, there's something about telling yourself that I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to live for God. Oh, hallelujah. Man, you may be seated. You got to talk to yourself sometimes. You got you to gotta ease your way sometimes into a victory. Sometimes victory starts... In fact, victory always starts with a made-up mind. Tonight, choices will be made in this house as to how you're going to spend the next 12 months. Last year, I'm sure, there were some young people that showed up to Gulf Coast Camp that, for whatever reason, did not make it back this year. But that don't have to be the case next year. Unless you get married, and as long as it's with the right one, thank you, Jesus, you can come back as a staff. But there's something about a made-up mind, and somebody's got to make a choice. In fact, we all have to make choices every single day. And those choices that we make determine what's going to happen. Now, we read in 2 Samuel chapter 23, and just give me just a, just a minute, and I'm going to have you just stay close, but... There is a story that we read in 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, that really does kind of get our, our attention or it gets my attention when I read it. And I want to read it to you here tonight, but it mentions in verses 11 and 12 of 2 Samuel 23, and after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. Everybody say lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he, Shammah, stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 13 says this, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And then it tells us, having done all, 
to stand. Stand therefore. There is, it, it, is, it, is, it is laced throughout your Bible. There has to be that sixth sense. There has to be that something inside of us as apostolics that cause us to buck up when the pressure gets tight. When the pressure gets immense, when you go home and you're dealing with the same stuff, only it seems like the devil ratcheted up a little bit more. There's got to be something in your spirit that says, I shall not be moved. You got to have it. Now, the Philistines... They were attacking the nation of Israel. And evidently, it was a special time. It was a time of harvest. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's harvest time. Now, I want you to say it like you believe it. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, it's harvest time. What I really want you to tell your neighbor is say, it's soul winning time. Turn to somebody else and say, it's revival time. Say, it's just about home time. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I really feel like preaching tonight. Amen. Don't ever let the enemy catch you by surprise and don't believe that he's attacking you accidentally. The reason that he's attacking apostolic young people like he is today is because it's harvest time. Now's not the time to be on the fringes. Now's not the time to stand idly by. Now's the time for you to link up with your pastor and say, Brother Pastor, you tell me where to go and I'm going to go because I believe God has a harvest for my church. At harvest time, most of all, You've got to have a conviction that says, I shall not be moved. Let the devil bark. Let him say what he wants to. But I've got a made up mind tonight. I will not be moved. I'm not going to quit my bus route just because I get depressed. I'm going to go and I'm going to win a soul. It's important. You got to believe it. You got to know it. You got to know what time it is. Turn to somebody and say, you know what time it is? It's revival time. Hey Amen. It's time to be on fire for God. It's not the time to sit back and let somebody else run the aisles. Somebody ought to go home and say, hey, I'm going to be the first one. Devil, you can't lock up my church. I'm going to be the first one stomping on the devil, letting him know there is no way you're going to get me because I shall not said I shall not I'm not gonna waver I shall not be moved somebody shout unto God come on shout unto God Ooh. hallelujah this is coming at you 
And it's harvest time. You may be seated. It's harvest time. That's why the devil's attacking. You know why your youth group is under attack? It's because the devil knows what time it is. Uh, he knows that your church is getting ready to have explosive apostolic revival. He knows that your building's probably going to be too small for what God's ready to do in your city. He knows that you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to get a bigger bus because your youth group has got designs from another world. And somewhere, some way, somehow, you got to get it in your crawl that says I shall not. I'm not going to be dissuaded on pre-service prayer. But whether pastor says it or not, it don't even matter. I'm going to be there and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek his face because the devil can't have my service. The devil can't have my joy. He can't have my peace. Oh, oh. turn to somebody and say, I shall not. Y'all not be moved. You may be seated. The other reason, and it's a big reason why he comes at you. It's more than just to kill, kill off people, but he knows. He wants your harvest. The devil wants your harvest. Listen to me, young people. Some of you have a touch of God. In fact, I believe every young person in this house has a divine purpose from heaven on your life. None of you, none of you are purposeless by design. God made you to play a role in your youth group. God made you to play a role in revival at your church. God, God, God already predestined it. He already gave you the heathen foreign inheritance. You're already destined to be a soul winner. You're already destined to be somebody that's a game changer for God. You're already destined to be a Sunday school teacher. You're already destined to be a soul pleader in prayer. You're already destined to do something great for God. Don't let the devil, man, if I could preach tonight about somebody that needs to shake the devil off your thoughts and out of your thoughts and off your shoulder and say, devil, you can keep talking if you want to, but I believe what God said about me. He shall preserve me. I may go through a trial, but I'm not going down. I may go through some things, but devil, you can't have me. You cannot have me because I believe he is the preserver of my soul. Your God is bigger than the adversary. He's bigger than the devil. 
believe that tonight. I believe he's more. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I got news for you. It's not a fair fight. For those of you that are thinking that it's not a fair fight in the reverse. And yeah, the devil's always beating me up. And he's always coming at you. The only reason why the devil's beating you up is because you're letting him beat you up. As soon as you hook up with God, you got firepower that you don't even know about. Maybe seated. I, I remember I was in elementary school and uh, <clears throat> there was a young man by the name, I'll never forget his name as long as I live and I won't forget the whooping I put on him. But his name was Luis Beneda. And this guy, he was, I don't know how you're a cholo in the sixth grade, but anyways, he thought he was a cholo. I know in Louisiana, y'all don't know what that means, but, but he was, cholos kind of walk like this. They're like gangsters. I don't know what you, I don't know how you say it, but anyways, uh, this guy really thought he was hard in the sixth grade. And uh, my mom was the homeroom mom. And my mom was, she's amazing. If you never met my mom, one of her best friends is in the house. She's got a couple friends actually in the house. And, and uh, uh, she's, she's one of a kind, thank you. And uh, so my mom would bring in like the most, everybody else would bring like store-bought cookies. My mom would bring homemade everything and she'd lay it out and she was, she was awesome. She is awesome. And this crazy idiot started telling your mama jokes after my mom left the room. And I said, listen, now I'm not promoting fighting, okay? This is before I got saved. But, I mean, I, I remember this guy start this, and I, I told him, I said, listen, stop it. Stop messing with my mama. Anybody love your mom in the house? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I said, stop messing with my mom. And for whatever reason, uh, that was ammo to him. And he just started back up again. And I said, listen, punk, stop messing with my mom. And he couldn't figure it out. And so I said, listen, meet me out by the buses after school. If you're man enough, meet me out there. And I wasn't much of a fighter, actually, to be honest with you. I still am not. But, uh, uh, you know, everybody's got those buttons that you can push. And when they push those buttons, it'll cause you to do things that you ordinarily don't want to do. Uh, you better have some of that in you. Uh, in fact, every one of us do. I've seen people say, man, I don't like to even raise my voice. And then you just put a big old dog in front of them and see what they do. Uh, ah! so, like, man, what happened to you shout at church? I don't know. They was timid. But, but you put a dog in front of them and it'll make them do something. Well... This crazy guy got to pushing me. So he come out, and he thought he was going to rush me. He come out, and I was standing over there by the bus, and I turned around, and here he comes. He's full bore at me. And I just stepped aside and grabbed him in a headlock and just continued the momentum right into the ridges on the side of that bus. A few stitches later, and a suspension on my part, 
I went home and my dad was ready to whoop me real good. But you know what stopped him? This is the only time this ever worked. I said, I was defending your wife. And he just prayed with me. <laughs> yeah. You know, the devil is doing more than trying to mess with your mama. He's doing more than trying to pick on you. He's got designs on you. He wants to bring you down. He wants your youth group to not be fruitful like God intended for your youth group to be fruitful. He wants you to keep living bound up and without that divine push from heaven. It is the devil's plan for you to stay a lethargic young person unable to make a move and do what God wants you to do. I've come to provoke somebody to some good works tonight. It's time for you to get mad at the adversary of your soul. Somebody needs to shake your head tonight and say, devil, I'm tired of you pushing me around. I'm tired of you messing with me. You cannot steal my revival. You will not steal my victory. I wish I had somebody that was ready to move on the devil and make a proclamation. My feet are planted on the rock Christ Jesus. I'm not gonna leave church. It don't matter what happens. I will, I will, I shall not be long are you going to let the devil mess with you? How long? How many more young people in your church are going to backslide without you getting a prayer life and saying I will not let one more walk out without me interceding on their behalf to God? I'm not going anywhere. I'm not gonna move. You can't talk me out of it. I'm not leaving the church. I don't care who preaches what. If it rubs me wrong, it's cause it needed to. If the pastor don't shake my hand, it's all right. If somebody wants to talk about me, it's okay. I'm not going to let them steal my shout. And I'm not going to let them steal my praise. And they're surely not going to steal my salvation. I made up my mind. Whatever comes my way, I'm not going anywhere. Anybody ready to make a declaration tonight? Anybody ready to make a commitment tonight that says, Lord, whatever comes in my life, I've made up my mind. Devil, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. 
working on somebody's mind telling you it's all hype that's just somebody trying to build you up what he's really afraid of is you doing what the preacher's preaching because if you get it in you if you let God put that divine stubbornness in you that says hey no matter what what the three Hebrew children had. They had it. What you think about it? Everybody knows the story, right? Three Hebrew children. Yeah. They were getting ready to have to go take a walk in the oven. Yeah. Not pleasant at all. Not survivable. I mean, there's no way you're going to survive this. That's what logic says. You cannot live for God in 2018. I mean, come on, who in the world still tries to dress modest in the middle of Louisiana in the summer? Who in the world doesn't take something for a test drive before you get married? Who in the world? I mean, come on, it's, the, it's 2018. I mean, who doesn't? Who can't? Do whatever they want to. Why are you going to let somebody tell you what to do and how to do it? All the while, they're letting the devil pull on their strings and walk them right into hell. Somewhere you got to understand that there is a greater, there is an adversary that is bigger than you by yourself. Now, he's not bigger than you and God, but he's bigger than just you. And he's trying to take territory. He is. He's working on you. That's why late at night when you're laying down and you're getting ready to go to bed and all of a sudden you pick up your phone and you start looking through stuff and next thing you know it's 2.30 in the morning and you're getting ready to send a text that you know you shouldn't text. You're getting ready to do something. You're going to look at something on the internet that you know you shouldn't look. Yeah, he's wearing you down. You just thought you had insomnia, but it's an attack from hell. There's a spirit that is absolutely trying to steal, to rob you, to take what is rightfully yours. Can I tell you, you belong to God. Heaven is in your future. Don't let the devil steal your ticket to heaven. He's taking ground. And we look and we see some Christians that are giving up ground. We see churches that'll give up ground. That'll say, hey, holiness is really not that important anymore. Uh, yeah. It really doesn't matter. Now, 
I want to tell you, you can have sleeves down to your knuckles. Well, that's not your knuckles, but yeah, down to your knuckles. And you can have a collar all the way up to here. But I'm going to tell you what, holiness, it ain't going to start on the outside. How many of you, when you wash a glass, all you do is clean the outside? No. You don't want that nastiness on the inside. In fact, I've drank from some cups that wasn't too good on the outside, but I knew they was clean on the inside. And even then, we just prefer to drink from a clean cup. Yeah. And so there are churches and there are people, there are people in our youth groups, there's young people that make decisions and they say that's not worth fighting for and they give up on territory. I want to encourage you, there is nothing that your pastor is preaching that is territory that's worth giving up. You ought to thank God for the privilege to be able to wear this uniform of truth. You ought to thank God that your pastor's not telling you if you want to wear some pants, baby, if you're a girl, go ahead and do it. You ought to thank God for a pastor that still follows after this book that says there's some things that we're not going to give up on. While some may say it's not necessary, can I tell you, it's still the highway. Still the best life. Thank you, Jesus, for women that look like women and young men that look like young men. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a pastor that still preaches here. Oh, Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Don't let the devil steal your shout over one God revelation. We're not giving it up, no matter what. This is truth, and we're glad to wave the banner of truth. There is a difference between Jesus' name and Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There is a difference. He's not the second person in the Godhead. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We used to sing a song. I know Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. I know Jesus is the Holy Ghost. All these three are one. Let me tell you who he is. He's the rock of all ages. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the ending, the first, the last. He's everything you need. Don't give up on territory. Don't give up on water baptism. There's still only one way to be baptized, and that is in the name that is above every name. For at that name, every knee shall bow, and 
tongue proclaim that Jesus, I said Jesus, he is Lord. It's worth it. It's worth it to fight for territory. It's worth it to fight for territory. It's worth it to fight for your family that's not living for God yet. Now I know how this works. We all have family that we think it's really going to take a miracle. But have you thought about the miracle it is that your sorry soul saved and my sorry soul saved? I can't speak for everybody, but I know that this boy right here don't deserve the goodness of the Lord in my life. And I refuse to give up territory. I'm going to tell you a little story. And if this is being recorded, I, I'd prefer it not to be. But we had a funeral. I, 